This is the Freelancer's Friend. Greetings if you're a new listener and thanks for taking the time to have a listen. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back, my friend. I'm your host, Victor Taylor, and this show is all about helping freelancers to enjoy lasting success. We have a variety of guests who uh, have a lot of great advice and insights into the freelancing world to help you on your freelancing journey. Uh, Remember to subscribe and give any feedback and or ask anything you like because you'll always receive a reply and please share the podcast with your freelancer friends. About this episode, there are a number of reasons why you might want to turn your solo or small freelancing business into an agency at some point. You can serve a lot more clients, generate a much larger personal income and enjoy taking your business to a whole new level. Caitlin Studi joins us from Orlando, Florida, and she's the owner of South Street & Co., a marketing agency that helps freelancers and small businesses to grow strategically and successfully. We chat about the basic steps you would take, scaling your business, important things to think about, and more. So let's get on with it. Welcome, Caitlin. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. So um, I am the owner and creative director of a marketing agency in the Orlando, Florida area, and we specialize in helping small to medium-sized businesses grow their reach online. And our specialty is service-based companies who want to reach a local clientele, not necessarily local to where we are, but local to where they are. So we work within um, anywhere within the U.S., and we help our clients with websites, social media, SEO, blogging, email marketing, and coaching. Yeah, all the good stuff. And uh, and the business, apparently it was scaled to a half million dollar agency in less than five years, which is a little bit impressive. Um, Thank you. Could you say about, about how, how did it all get started in the first place? Yes. So I graduated from the University of Central Florida here in Orlando. And um, but the original plan, I originally went to college to study physical therapy, which is kind of a total 180 from marketing. (laughs) So um, I was working at Bath and Body Works and I was working at the Florida Mall in college. And this one day, this lady came in and and she there was a, I guess, a contest that day and they just made it fun the managers made it fun and they said okay today we're going to try to sell 50 of these hand sanitizers tomorrow we're going to try to sell x amount of lotions and we just had like a fun internal contest with everyone so this particular day they had these three remaining perfumes from a line that was no longer carried and they wanted to sell them so the promotion was buy one get two for free because they wanted to get rid of all three of them So um, the managers put that as the contest of the day. And I remember just thinking, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sell all three of those perfumes. So a lady came in and she didn't speak any English, but she had her daughter-in-law there to help translate for her. And she said, I just want something to make me feel beautiful. And so I said, okay, I, I think I have something that you'll really love. Brought her over to this particular line, showed her all the products, let her sample them. And then I said, you know what? I think there's something else that you really might like as well. So I brought her over to the display of the perfumes, 
pulled out the um, the piece of paper, spritzed a little bit of the perfume on it, and then let her smell it, and she loved it. So I ended up selling the remaining of those perfumes, and that was kind of the, maybe like I would call it a light bulb moment where I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to do the medical field. Maybe I want to do something with people and creativity and helping them find their needs. And so then I switched my major to marketing, graduated, looked for a job everywhere except for Orlando, found one in Orlando, and it was for a local dermatology group. And I found it on Craigslist of all places. (laughs) (laughs) So I found it on Craigslist, applied. It was the easiest interview that I went on, and I started two weeks later. And then in the first six months, I helped them rebrand the whole company with a new logo, slogan, colors, and website, and then implemented Um, search engine optimization, blogging, and social media for them for the first time. And then the other half of my job was going out and meeting people who did refer or who could refer to the dermatology group. So um, general practitioners, internal doctors, pediatricians, meeting them and saying hello at their office, sometimes bringing the doctors and the providers with me. So kind of like a business liaison um, person. And in the two and a half years that I was there, I helped them double in size. So when I started, they had 10 offices. And when I left, they had 20, 17 in Central Florida, and then three out of state. And I just felt like I'd reached a plateau there. And growing up, my parents had always been advocates of being an entrepreneur. So they were like, well, why don't you start your own thing? And I'm like, I don't really know if I want to do that. So I kept applying to jobs, nothing worked out. And then a family friend mentioned in passing that, she was having someone help her with some aspects of her marketing and she really didn't know what to do and really didn't know um, what they were doing. And so I was introduced to her and helped her with her website, kind of revamping it, her social media and her SEO. And then she started getting leads in and then she introduced me to the next person. And then I also went cold calling door to door and that was horrible. It was horrible, but mm. it kind of built up that, that thick that. skin. Yes. So um, a lady that I met cold calling called me one day and said, you know, I can't, I don't have any need for your services right now, but I know a group of people who do. And so she introduced me to daytime networking, like leads groups or sales groups. And so that was kind of the catalyst that helped me leave my full-time job. It took me about 13 months to leave. And um, after that 13 months, I put in my notice and kind of hit the ground running from there. And uh, no doubt you must enjoy it still now to this day. What what do you love most about being an agency owner? I think the best thing is understanding what the client's needs are and then then showing them the results. We, We have one client, they're a local attorney, and we redid their website and helped them a little bit with their their branding, but started doing search engine optimization for them. And now they're getting anywhere from 30 to 60 leads in per month, which is mm. amazing. Mm. Yeah, it is definitely. And how do you market your own company itself? Uh, um, no doubt you use all the strategies that you use for your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I've uh, seen agencies in the past that uh, get excellent results for their own clients, but uh, they kind of don't do so so well with their own marketing in some cases. I'm, I'm not. Sh- I, d- I doubt that's the case for you. But uh, how exactly do you market your agency? 
Yes. So we focus a lot on search engine optimization. Everything that we do for us is what we do for our clients. So the majority of our leads come in from people finding us online. Um, As I mentioned, our specialty is small business marketing. So that's one of the main key phrases that we try to rank for on Google. So um, we get introductions from clients. People find us on Google, um, some social media, and then referrals from friends and family or or colleagues as well. Mm -hmm. And you you don't mix that with paid advertising? Sometimes we do. We do paid advertising on social media and then add uh, Google AdWords as well. One question is, uh, would you recommend uh, paid advertising for a small operation uh, like a solo freelancer? Would I recommend it for a freelancer? I would say it really depends. So the difference between Google AdWords and SEO is that SEO is going to take time, especially if you have a brand new website and also a brand new domain name. Whereas Google AdWords, if you have a landing page, you can send people to there and put money behind it immediately. But it depends on the competition and how much money you're willing to spend. Because let's say you're um, you're an attorney that's just getting started. Google AdWords is going to cost you an arm and a leg in order to get people to convert. Mm-hmm. It's probably $20 per click and up. But uh, if you're yeah. another industry that's a niche, more of a niche industry with less competition, it could be a good fit to focus on Google AdWords. But it depends on the budget, the competition, and your goals. Yeah, I find in general that it's best to work on the organic kind of reach for somebody just starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what would be the main reason for a freelancer or a small operation to? want to evolve into an agent, more of an agency type operation. Is there a good reason to do that? Well, that's what I did in the beginning. So it was, it was just me for, for those 13 months while I was working my full-time job and then building the company up on the side. And then after I left, I left in March. So April, May, June, July, I hired someone around July or August. So five months after that. And the reason that I wanted to go to more of an agency feel was because I wanted to be able to help more clients. And there's only so much bandwidth that I had personally. So that was my thought process behind it. And also I I like being surrounded by really creative people. And so having creative people on a team is inspiring to me. So that was another reason that I wanted to go more towards the the agency side as opposed to just um, staying solo or being a freelancer. There is definitely a side to it, having the people around you. um, People are different, but some people much prefer to have the company of others and colleagues just feed off their energy, maybe even just as a minimum thing. Just uh, So how big is your team? Um, right now we have, I believe it's eight team members. So what are your plans going forward? You've been at, around for six years now. Uh, and you're gonna, just going to keep on growing into a larger and larger agency or are you? I, I think that my, my long-term goals are to build out the different departments. So we're really strong with local SEO and I would love to build out that department. So have an SEO specialist, uh, people just geared towards content writing And then I'd Mm -hmm. love to build out the social media aspect too. So someone geared just Mm -hmm. around Facebook ads, um, ads on Instagram, creating those, those ad visuals as well. 
So I think it's um, continuing to grow and expanding the different departments that we have. And then in that, last year, I also kind of branched out and created another company too called Becoming a Local. And over the last six years, I've built up, we've built up these Instagram accounts. One of them just hit 50,000 followers and there are five total. And they're hyper-local Instagram accounts. So one of them is called Around Downtown Orlando. The one that just hit 50,000 followers is around Tampa. And so the purpose behind me creating these was in the beginning when I started my company, I had a I had to bootstrap everything and I didn't have a huge budget for um, for marketing myself. So I was thinking, what what could I do that's creative that will bring me clout and that people will see, okay, well, she's doing this for herself, so she can definitely do this for us too. And that was creating these hyper-local Instagram accounts, just showcasing different aspects of there's one in Sarasota, Tampa, and then an Orlando one, a Winter Park one, and a Thornton Park one. So um, now what I've done is created another company to focus on um, a hyper-local target audience that businesses could advertise in front of. So kind of think of them as influencer accounts. I see. What, what was the name of that company again? It's called Becoming a Local. Okay, and uh, the Instagram strategy of multiple accounts for different local areas is a really great strategy that could be um, at least worth looking into for somebody who's, who services maybe on a national basis. They could create uh, multiple accounts just to focus on maybe a particular area like yourself or a particular aspect of what they provide. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, it's definitely, the algorithm has changed so much since I started them six, seven years ago before I started the company, but it's been really great. It's kind of a creative outlet and like a side hustle for my Mm. main hustle now. So, um, but it's been great. We've been partnering with some amazing local businesses and businesses that aren't local who want to advertise to a hyper local audience. So if uh, there's a freelancer listening, who's, uh, considering uh, becoming more of an agency if they're just working on their own, on their own at the moment uh, and they're thinking they, they need to start building building a team or outsourcing and uh, developing more of an agency that, so that they can serve a wider client base for example um, would you say there are any particular kind of steps or process I would say the first thing that you need to do is I really thought before I wanted to um, hire people as W-2 employees. So you need to think if you want to have employees under you or you want to have strategic partners through 1099 agreements. So I think that's the first step. And um, when you decide that, I think the next step is when is the right time to bring those people on or to hire those people because it got to the point where I was, when I was working my full-time job, I would wake up in the morning at five, work until like 6.30, get ready for my eight to five, go to work and then work until 11 o'clock at night. So those are super long days and that's unsustainable for a long period of time. So then after I quit, it started building up and I got more referrals, more introductions, more work. And it got to the point where I was working those hours while I was full-time. And that's when I thought, okay, I'm probably going to need to look at bringing someone on sooner rather than later, because the only way that I'm going is up with getting more business. So I think that's the next thing that you have to evaluate is when is the timing right. 
And then one of the things, one of the main things that I've learned over the last six years is to put processes in place. And I, when you're starting a company, you don't know what you don't know. And so I've totally streamlined our onboarding process and um, put together standard operating procedures as well. So making sure that you have everything written out how you want, let's say you're creating a marketing, you're going from a freelance marketer to an agency, creating how you want your social posts to look, setting deadlines for the people that you bring on, um, setting uh, just access and what to do and what not to do, because you would never want something on accident to go live or someone to comment something that's against what the client wants. So setting processes into place when you do bring on that freelancer or that um, or the 1099 versus the W-2 employee, both are really important. And then the other thing too, that a lot of people don't think about that's so, so, so important is your legal documentation. So you should have documents that your W-2 employee will sign saying that everything working with you is confidential, the same thing, but structured differently for your 1099. So whenever we onboard a strategic partner or an employee, they sign employee documentation and that enables me and that enables me to protect my company, but also enables us to protect the clients. Because if they do decide to move in another direction or go to another uh, marketing agency or start their own, it protects me um, and my processes and um, intellectual property, but also protects our clients because you don't want them to take client information and go to a competitor. Of course not. Now, uh, so having all your processes, your systems in place and the legal considerations and basically starting to... Uh, treat your operation more of a business than uh, kind of just a self-employed mm-hmm. or, or, side side, or side hustle kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> um, so that's uh, when somebody's starting to scale. How about uh, when just somebody's just thinking about freelancing or just starting out in their business? Is there any advice you could give someone who's just starting out? Mm-hmm. I would say do it while working full-time. That's what I did. And if I wouldn't have done that, I couldn't, I couldn't have paid my bills. So I would say be strategic about it and don't do anything that goes, that would be a conflict of interest with your current employer. So mine, because it was a dermatology group and not a marketing company, it wasn't a conflict of interest. And I only worked on it in the morning during lunch or at night. I didn't want to burn any bridges while not doing my work that I was getting paid for. So I would say start doing it, um, start working on it while you're working full time. That that was what really, really helped me. But also surround yourself with really amazing people. So I got mentors and coaches along the way that really helped me to focus on, okay, this is happening. What do I do? What do I do in this situation? This popped up. How do I handle it? So surround yourself with people that are going to be advocates for you as well. Yeah, I hear that a lot, that one of the, the main things is to get a, a good support network and have good people around you, mm-hmm. whether part of the business or nothing to do with the business, just have people who can aid you along the way. Um, uh, do you know any? Um, do you have any clients or do you know anybody personally who started out as a freelancer and then uh, moved on up to being an agency? I have a a coaching client right now. Um, He is in North Carolina and he is kind of doing the same thing that I did. He's working full time, but he has a web development company right now. 
And we meet once a month for um, coaching for him and kind of talk about, okay, what processes do you have in place? He brings to the table questions. I give him action items when we're done. And then we go over those each month, but it's an accountability partner, but also someone who's been there and done that, that can help him continue to grow and scale his company. So he's in the middle of doing that currently. An accountability partner. Yeah. Yeah. An accountability partner. So he, so if I, if we have action items for him to complete, then next month or during the month, he can reach out to me and ask any questions, but I will make sure that he got them done, see if there are any issues, any obstacles that he had to get through or, um, you know, anything else that comes up. So I guess I could be in this situation. I'm kind of the accountability partner, coach and cheerleader, just helping him get to the next level. Yeah, that must be useful to have. Mm -hmm. It's fun on my end, too, because I can see all the growth that he's had. Oh, yeah. And you can experience it vicariously through him. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so somebody's just starting out an agency or moving up from a freelancer to an agency. Are, uh, are there any things that they often forget to implement? I, I think the legal aspect is really important and a lot of people don't think about that to protect yourself. So I think getting a good um, attorney is great or having one on retainer that you can call and pay like X amount of dollars per project. And then um, having a good bookkeeper is key because I don't know if anyone, <clears throat> excuse me, if anyone is like me, math is not my strong suit. And that's why I went into marketing. <laughs> I think a lot so, of people are like you. Yes. So uh, get a good bookkeeper that you can meet with once a month just to go over your books, make sure everything looks good. Um, I have the payroll processing company. That is something that totally saves me a ton of time because I do not want to do that manually with all the taxes and social security and everything else. Mm. So get, um, get that. And then I also use an invoicing software that is amazing. What is the invoicing software that you use? Oh, oh I use FreshBooks. I would highly recommend okay. it. It's an amazing program and it's really affordable just starting out. I think it might be like $25 a month or so for um, a certain amount of, of clients. And then they have different tiers on what you can do. But before I had an invoicing software, I was doing everything on, on Word and then um, keeping track of it on spreadsheets and then creating different documents in Word. And it was just horrible. So FreshBooks has everything in one place and you can set up recurring invoices. If you have a, um, uh, an advanced plan, then you can charge clients credit cards directly through FreshBooks and you can, um, you can actually offer, they just added, um, pay, PayPal to it. So you can do it through their payment processing software through Stripe or through PayPal. So that's been really amazing because there's all of these outlets to, to, you know, basically collect money, which is what you're in business to do. So that really helped me. And then probably two or three years ago, I got into automation through this program called Zapier and I absolutely loved it. I've been able to probably without exaggeration, save myself and my company combined. So the company as a whole probably 20 hours per week and just items that it reminds us to do or automatically does. So I've streamlined yes, all of Zapier. our client. I'm sorry. Yeah. Zapier or Zapier as I call it. I don't know how you pronounce it 
properly, but it kind of uh, links up different kinds of software and services and platforms so that they work together. Yeah. Yes, I, I call it uh, the glue between two elements that wouldn't normally talk to one another. So it's kind of the middleman between programs that wouldn't normally communicate. But that's just enabled me to streamline our processes and um, and help us make sure that nothing falls through the cracks and make sure that we are following up on items that we need. So all of those things are all of those things can be really overwhelming when you're first starting. I would say Zapier is something to do in the future, but getting uh, an invoicing software get oh the other thing too is a project management software i didn't even know that that these existed so um, we use asana and what we do is we create a project for each client and then you can put subtasks in that project and assign people recurring tasks you can put deadlines you can put times on there you can add tags to categorize it even more so um, that's been really, really great to to utilize as well because that keeps everyone organized when deadlines are so that we don't fall behind. Yeah, all these softwares uh, like productivity software, uh, Zapier or Zapier and uh, something that's uh, created especially for such tasks as invoicing is uh, is really a wise investment instead of trying to do everything yourself on the cheap it's all pretty yeah. pretty invaluable to have these kind of tools that are available it is yeah it definitely is and that's one of the things that i think i can help bring to the table with coaching clients as well is like i said you don't know what you don't know and i could have saved so much time if someone would have been like hey do this 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 and this because mm -hmm. time is money and i spent so many hours sending out invoices manually and I had a horrible time of tracking them. So if I would have known about these programs and these processes, I could have just been more streamlined from the beginning and more organized. Mm. And no doubt you help your clients with this side of things. Uh, you, do you have uh, clients who are freelancers or smaller clients like that? Mm -hmm. Yes, we have um, the client that I mentioned to you he is doing uh, his web design company as kind of a side hustle. And then we have another client who is a personal trainer and we're helping coach her on what to post on social media, coming up with um, uh, captions, coming up with content ideas. Cause sometimes you just need a place to start. You don't know really what to do, or maybe you're not comfortable being in front of the camera. So coming up with ideas like that, revamping your website, giving you tips to, and showing you how to revamp it. Um, so we actually did a whole screen recording on Zoom and I sent it over so that they could edit the website and update it so that the probability of getting more conversions increases. Mm, excellent. Um, so is there anything else that you could add in general, any kind of general advice for freelancers who, who are working out on their own? I would say whatever platform you're on. So if it's, um, if it's, Fiverr or any of those sites where you can get work, start asking for reviews early after you do projects. It's so much harder to go back and ask for reviews. If you're, um, if you have a Google My Business page, that would be amazing to get Google reviews because so many people look at that and they read them. There's a statistic that says 87% of people that see an online review think of it as reliable as their as a recommendation from a friend. 
So Google reviews are, are key. And then you can put those on your social media. You can put those as testimonials on your website. So that's a really great thing to do. And then the other thing that I always advise is to start collecting emails early. Even if you're not ready to send an email blast, if let's say you get four years, three years, however many years down the road, and you're like, hey, this is this is working out really well. I've gotten some really solid clients and I'm doing work for them monthly and I want to start asking them or you know, reaching out to clients who maybe went with us, but then finished the project. Keeping top of mind through email marketing is really key. And it's so much harder to go back in time to find emails. So keeping all of those in one place is going to be uh, really key from the beginning. So I think those two things, other than all of the paperwork and processes, are the other two items that I would definitely say really, really can help someone. I would I would agree with that entirely about the email build, building your email list as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one of the major assets you'll ever have in your business. I agree. Um, so, uh, so, what's the one best place online for somebody to find out more about you and what you do and how you can help? Yeah, if they were interested. Sure. So um, you can go to our website at southstreetmarketing.com. And then if you hover over services, we have agency coaching and creative coaching. And agency coaching is just geared towards people who are freelancers or wanting to start an agency. And then our coaching program is um, both of them are, are geared towards helping people increase their marketing, increase their leads. They the, the people that would be great for that are people that don't know if they need a full marketing agency to help them or people who want kind of a, a sounding board to bounce ideas off of and to ask direct questions to someone who has the experience. And then if you go to bit.ly slash SSCO checklist, then you can download three of our checklists that we've created for email marketing, blogging, and social media as well, because those should be all amazing aspects of your business that you're focusing on. Even if you're posting one time a week, that's fine. It's all about consistency. Excellent. Sounds good. Uh, And one last question that I've started asking every guest now, I think you might have half answered it already, but it is, uh, what's the one most important thing to do or be as a freelancer? I think the, the most important thing to do as a freelancer is do what you say you're going to do. I had a call with someone the other day and he said, you know, I just want to let you know and compliment your agency that you, I've called about 20 different companies and you were one of the only ones that called me back. And I think that if you have all of these lead captures on your site, you have all of these forms on your site, but you never call people back or you don't give them items when you say that you will, or, you know, something comes in later than when you said it would. I just think that's one, that's one of the biggest things that you can do to set yourself apart. And it's so easy calling people back, doing things when you say that you'll do them and then meeting all the deadlines that you promised. It's just such a simple thing to do. And if you do that, you'll set yourself apart from everyone else who does it. Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. Okay, uh, thanks again then for joining us, Caitlin. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you for having me. This has been great.